Right. And this year, I've been doing like a lot of things different because of just what's going on. It's the whole yeah. everything. Like I, I've, I'm literally putting myself in these situations where like um, kind of like just uncomfortable settings or just unfamiliar like ways I don't do things and just trying it out to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, dude, like because that's why you know when you first hit me up, I was like, uh. Uh, I, like I, I don't want to. <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, ah, and I was like, do I want to do this? And I was like, you know what? Let's. I don't have to put zero thought into it. Let's yeah. just. Um, make it happen and let's just see how it goes. And like, I, I wanted to, I don't want to know. That's why I said there's like not too much thought going to it. I just wanted to like, just be like, Hey, what's sure. up? Bumped, in, bumped into you and let's just see where this goes. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like when you put up there, I've been invited to do a podcast and you had the Yaf, 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 Nafu. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I thought, shit, this goes back. No, Nafu. Like, I'm, <laughs> that's the end of it, man. Yeah. Like, like, I got I to hope that comes back, Yaf, Yaf, because I don't know how much stock you put in your little polls, but. <laughs> no, it was funny, man. I actually, I don't, I, uh, it's because I'm kind of like a, uh, when it comes to my own stuff, like I don't, I just ask, I guess, for shits and giggles, but like, mm-hmm. um, I don't, it, it doesn't affect the, uh, what, what I, kinda, <laughs> I have my mind made up beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let me get you to introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll move on from there. Cool. You're listening to the Can't Sell This Podcast with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. My name is Aaron De La Cruz. I'm a visual artist based in San Francisco, California. And um, yeah, hoping to push the visual arts a little bit farther than uh, than just that term. But, you know, I don't really like, not really one for sticking stuck to a certain term, but I'm happy with that for now. Well, I mean, and that, that actually just leads me right into my, my, one of my first questions. And that was um, that you've, you you have a real variety in the scale with which you work. So you'll work and you were, you're doing the, the past couple of days, you were working on like a big uh, storefront door, like a rolled roll down door. Yeah. Um, and you showed um, like a 50 foot long or installation that was in the Moscone center. That's now at the uh, long beach airport. Uh, and then you've done masks, you know, the, the new yeah. sort of, this is what's happening. And then pants, like, how do you, have you ever found that there's any kind of limitation to the style that's being applied to the things you're applying it to? Um, well, that's, I guess, kind of the gift and the curse, right? It's like um, early on, you know, I think I kind of, um, I know that the the work that I produce because it's in this really gray area of, fine art design is it um is it pattern and it was a pattern making is it uh is it graffiti is it you know this uh, and so i think for me um and and i think finding out early on that i know that i'm able i have the ability to you know i could probably make like you know um a ton of you know a bunch of pants you know or whatever yeah yeah but for me um i think holding back and like knowing that I kind of have this arsenal or this freedom, I guess I have this freedom to be able to hop around and bounce on different mediums. Um, it, one thing that I've, I've kind of stayed consistent with in a majority of the work that I do is that it tends to always come back to like having some type of either personal um, inspiration through family or um, a, a reason there's, there's some type of connection to somebody usually within my family or something that, that right. it, when I do things, especially with products. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I kind of, when I first started painting, 
and I was doing paintings, people would look at my paintings like, oh man, that make a cool shower curtain. And I get so pissed off of it. Oh man, like, <laughs> like no, dude, like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not. This isn't the whole joke. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, you know, but then, um, you know, but, but like I said, I get it. I get that the, the work is striking, it's high contrast, it's striking, it's very minimal. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you, you, when you break those things down into um, a lot of, a lot of times products are usually generally made yeah. using three or less colors. Right. right. So um, we our, our body, our, our, our minds tend to break things down. It's like what we're familiar with seeing, you know, if I, yeah. if I make things black, if I worked in yellow and red all the times, people would probably make a, a connection with like McDonald's or whatever it could be, you know? Right. So, sure. um, yeah. So it's, it's been a, uh, it's definitely been, especially now with having kids and when you have a family, you kind of, tend to like look at these projects that you know kind of hey here's some money you know because you're kind of like well, I yeah. gotta eat you know um you do sometimes want to scratch at those big these big projects that may want to like take your work and produce 10,000 of them but you as much as I want to sometimes jump on those things because I know it's like a cash cow and it could like set me up for like a year comfortably with my family I kind of at the same time too I have to um, stay true to, you know, to what I love, you know, and what I love is just like, um, the unknowing and, um, risking it all, you know, yeah. I think risking it all is what kind of, um, got me here to where I'm at right now. And I think I, as long as I go with my gut and I keep doing that as scary as it is, um, it's, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be worth it in the long run. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of what makes, uh, artists with longevity, more interesting is 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 a i can't think of the right word for it's like a moral uprightness to them like they 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 have a very it's not strict but it is a code by which they they move along and they they tend not to justify bad decisions by saying like you know well i needed the money and i'm gonna do it you know a lot of times that kind of that moment and like a lack of of, of sticking to it is, is it's usually reflected in kind of a bad product. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And and I think, and I kind of got like when I first got into art school um, in 2001, I remember, um, you know, I, before that I had literally taken art at a city college for one year before that. And I'd never mm-hmm. taken art, art before that or, you know, um, traditional art classes. And um, I uh, remember somebody telling me like oh what do you know what do you what do you what do you want to do like there was another student here at school and I was like well I want to make money you know like, that's why you know that's why I mean I need to get a job right and they're like oh you're a sellout this and that and I was like what and, I, and it kind of blew me away because you know um I think at that time I didn't understand uh you know doing art for art purposes right like I mean I I'd already been doing that through like graffiti and just do the act of just unknowingly doing art but I didn't know that, you know, that people actually looked at or had this, I guess, this um, freedom to just produce yeah. art for art's sake, you know? Yeah. Um, because once again, like, you know, coming from like a, a working class family and parents who weren't artists, like I, my only, <laughs> the only thing my dad said was like, look, like you're going to art school. Well, you better get a job afterwards. Cause you know, <laughs> not like that. that's, that's like your only, you know, you don't have, there's no plan B, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I guess that was the short answer was, Yes, do I want to make money off my artwork? Yes, I did want to, and yes, I still do want to. But um, that's now, thankfully, 
you know, um, you, there's a, there's bigger reasons why we create. Mm. And fortunately enough, if you chase that larger goal and you're able to achieve, uh, you know, um, making money by reaching that goal, then it, that's the benefit. Uh, yeah. That's at least that's the reward for now. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, this kind of brings me to, to some of the things it, it your Instagram stories lend a real human element to the artist. You know what I mean? When you look at someone's portfolio and you, cause before Instagram, before you had like this ability to, to hear someone talk about themselves, talk about their day, you know, talk with their kids, do all the things they didn't, artists had like this otherworldly quality to them. Um, but now there's a, there's a real human element to to what someone like you for instance who's you know you're really well regarded uh and recognized to 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 be like the dad who's got like a couple of twin boys and a daughter and and has chickens in the yard and there's this whole there's this whole element to it that i it it certainly makes you more approachable as opposed to 15 years ago when there was an artist that I liked, man, there's just no way, there's no way I could have spoken to them or figured out any way to contact them. Do you find now, um, as opposed to maybe before Instagram, does that help the business side of things being more approachable? Um, no, no, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I guess I never really looked at it that, that way. Um, the reason why I kind of started actually being more transparent with that, was because um, one, I've, I've always I, lo- I love talking to people, you know, mm. and that's that's one thing that I, um, I you know, I, I used to teach. I taught K through twelve art for ten years, and so I know that I have this ability to be very open and share information. And I think I was um, influenced as a kid through educators, um, and so I've always had I felt I always had this kind of ability to be able to just to share information, right? And then once I started traveling through doing art and then bringing these stories back to the students I was working with, I really saw a light, a light go off. And I was like, wow, like, you know, I think for them to see me um, being, you know, this person of color, because a lot of my students were either Latino or black and a lot of them didn't have like one, they didn't have male figures in their family. Right. A lot of them didn't. So to, to, for them to see me come from this, you know, I was a kid who was like doing graffiti, blah, 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 blah. But they really got into these stories I was telling and like in these experiences, I'm like, look, like I'm, I was just like you guys, you know? And so there's that. And then once I left teaching and I started doing art, um, it was right at the moment when my, it was literally the, the moment when I was, my wife was uh, pregnant with twins. I um, had to make a decision of um, quitting art or getting a full-time job. And right. so, um, and cause at that time, it was going back and forth. My, my career was kind of taking off, I guess a little bit. I was getting a little, you know, some big projects come in and things of that sort and commissions and stuff. And then, but it wasn't like, okay, you can survive off this money. It was just right. more like, you know, kind of, you know, it'll still balance out. Um, and my wife said, you know what? Um, let's both take six months off of work. And um, during that six months, you know, you let's three months of it. You, we spend with the twins, you know, cause we had right. zero, we, we didn't have any like help. It was just her and I. And then she said, start picking up projects three months after that. If, it, if it's going good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then, but at that time though, I, I did get a full-time job, right? I got a full-time job. And I was like, you know what? I was like, cause this is not going to happen. So I was like, I got a full-time job. And then my boss, she was like, you shouldn't be doing this. You need to go out and chase your dream. I was like, what? Like that felt so good to hear that. <laughs> then to hear it from my wife too, as well, because I wasn't getting this from my parents. My parents weren't saying like, yeah, like, you know, go chase that dream. You know? <laughs> chase that check, chase that <laughs> yeah. check. You know, like, you know, they're like still keep doing the teaching thing. And you know, cause that's like what's uh, bringing, bringing home. Or yeah. And so, um, so then I went all in and I had, it's, that's been what, almost eight years now that I hadn't, I haven't stopped. And so mm. along the way, I remember one day um, I was at the studio and my friend who was a videographer um, said, Hey, he's like, can I sit you down and just interview you? And I was like, yeah, for what? He's like, I want to ask, want to ask some questions. Kind of like what we're doing right now. It's kind of right. funny. You, you, and you kind of resemble him in a way. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you mean handsome, crazy handsome? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Rick, Rick Simons, if you're out there, dude, you have a, a handsome twin brother here uh, in Canada. But um, so uh, that's when it kind of hit me. He started asking me questions about um, being a father and right. all these all these things because um, he was saying he's like, you know, he because don't get me wrong, even when I was about to have kids, I was scared. I thought, I, one, I thought being an artist, you couldn't have any kids. Two, right. I thought whenever I did have kids that my artwork was just going to like just take the back in the back seat and I was going to have to just get a full-time job and do art on the side, whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exact opposite happened for me. You know, it was just more, it was more of a, this desire to just prove it to not only my family, like my, my mom and dad, my brother and my wife, but also now, um, how like, can I keep doing this long enough to where my kids can actually see me and yeah. realize that I'm actually making art. So then along the way, I kind of started opening up here and there, like little pictures of my kids on Instagram. And then I remember people would, um, I get a, a bunch of emails or DM and there wasn't DMs of them, just emails. And people would ask like parenting, a lot of artists would ask parenting questions and I would write back all the time, right? Write back emails, write back emails. Cause that was one thing I, I if, if you have the time, or if you have, I guess, if anybody, if you if you have the guts to ask somebody a question, yeah, um, and this my mom really instilled this in me, like you ask for something that you if you want to know about something, you ask for it, right? You, right. If you're curious, and so I would always take the time out to really write people back, um, and I just find that I found it more and more, and so I was like, well, and then it got to a point where I really couldn't write all these emails back. So I started being kind of more, I started actually doing posts of my kids and kind of really right. open, open up a dialogue of just saying, okay, like, look, if I can't answer all your questions, I'm, I'm going to do this post. And it's going to kind of tap into some of you guys who are asking these questions. Right. And then along the way, you know, that was, I mean, I've been doing that since the kids were born, my boys are born. So um, it's been more and more, I think, just rewarding to, you know, I know this, it's not like the cool thing to be, you know, I mean, I don't want to say it's cool to me. It's cool. But like, you know, from a, from a, maybe a 20 year old kid, or I don't know how, if there's any 20 year old kids out there that follow my work, but like a 20 year old kid's like, Oh man, like, you know, I'm into his work and like, and they're seeing like parent posts, they might not be into it. Cause when I was 20 years old, I can give a shit less about it. You know, <laughs> out there. Yeah, but, yeah. but believe it or not, there are some kids out there too, that are like, man, dude, like, you know, like, um, you know, they're, they're not, married or having kids but they're like man one day i would it would be awesome to like you know be a dad like you so i'm like oh man this is actually kind of cool because you know um i'm kind of taking this thing that was looked at so negatively at least for me 
mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to have kids and I wanted to maybe have one. Then twins popped out and I was like, oh shit, that's me. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of taking, taking this one thing that I literally thought was going to like crush my hopes and dreams of becoming a, an artist and like really uh, using it to, I think, hopefully kind of change the perspective of what right. you know, an artist is. And also too like that, a lot of people think, Oh man, like Aaron, you're, you're like you're not an asshole. You're, you're really, you know, you're easy to talk to. Like, oh, I, I think I, you know, hopefully I am because I, a lot of people have this perception still that a lot of artists are either like you know egotistical or hard oh, to get a hold of, right. whatever it may be. And you know, and, and some artists some are, are. You know, sure, yeah, you know, so and some regular people are too. You know, so some, I was gonna yeah. say some regular people are pretty can be pretty big dicks too. So yeah, I mean, this is so, the way it is. But yeah, that, that's kind of how I started, like really, I guess using, uh, I guess social media as a uh, way to kind of look into my, my, my life as a parent and then kind of like my kid's life as well. Um, well, I think it just is sort of, an, it, it's interesting because it informs the day-to-day. So, you know, people think that an artist is essentially in their studio, like just sweating over something, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's no free time. It's all about the art. But what, you know, what I'm seeing from you is, there's a real process to the creation of the art in that you, you set aside the time to, and you use it like it, like whether it's, I mean, retiling your bathroom or cleaning your stove, but you set aside the time to do that thing and you do it. So like when you're make when you get into the studio, you're, you're doing that thing, you know? And I, I think, is that something that has been consistent for you or is it something you've built for yourself over time? It's um, so what it is. It's it's a it's definitely a uh, it's a, w- a work ethic that I think I kind of developed, and it's kind of built off of like I guess anxiety or stress, whatever it may be. Because I don't tend to, especially since having kids, I don't plan things out. I don't plan. I don't have like I try to have set. I mean, I guess I kind of do have set days in the studio. Kind of like my wife and I, we juggle. We do uh, seven days, seven days. So out of two weeks. She works seven days. Out of the two weeks, I work seven days, but they kind right. of bounce around because she's a nurse. Okay. But, um, but the way that it works is um, generally I will be home with the kids, you know, like uh, two days a week. I know, sorry, two days on. Then sometimes at the most, I have them three days in a row. So she'll work three days in a row. By that third day, I've kind of reached capacity of like not being, I, I get, I can feel myself getting like just like the pressures built. Yeah, and I just I literally go to the studio and I just like explode, you know. I just I, right. I go there and just create. It's just like whatever is in front of me, I attack. Like you know, um, if it's these canvases I want to paint, or if it's a if it's a commission I have to do, whatever it may be, um, that's kind of how it's always worked. And, I, and I've kind of always, um, but the thing is, and I always put like you know, family always the the responsibilities have to come first, right? Yeah, and, of course. And um, and I think that. And, and when I was in art school, because I was in, I was still close to Fresno. I was a, a three-hour drive from SF to Fresno. But I remember being there, being in school, and I would leave, you know, to for a friend's birthday party or my mom's birthday or birthday, or just or my birthday. I'd, I'd leave and spend it with my mom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I remember on some of those times, it was like these amazing, like artists would be visiting having shows in SF or like right. a, t- a teacher of mine would be like, Oh, I have like 
oh, Jamios is coming over to my house. Like, you guys should totally come and hang out with them. And I remember I left, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, that could have been, like, my moment where, like, you know, I, I could have, like, rubbed shoulders <laughs> with these, like, you know, amazing artists. And, like, that would catapult me, like, my career somewhere. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, I remember I would leave a few times and come back, and I was like, shit, did I make a mistake, like, by, you know, visiting my family when I could have easily just stayed here. Um, but looking back at it now, like, I, I know I made the right decision. Sure, you know? of course. Uh, and, and because I, I, once again, I, always, I went with my gut, right? My gut yeah. has never steered me wrong, dude. And so um, that's kind of how always go, like I said, always putting everything else first. Like, like if it's in the morning, like I have to, I have to like make the bed. I have to, uh, you know, feed the chickens. I have to like, you know, everything has to, there's like, I kind of mm-hmm. have like a, a routine or an order of um, visually of what the way I want things to look. Yeah, you know, that's that's where that goes for my house, or for like in the work itself. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, definitely a kind of yeah. So it is a habit. Yes, it, are the days kind of planned? They are planned out somewhat, you know. But I, I, I like I that be, you bring it back to the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it a habit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's always there's always room for error, and I, I look at like it's almost like okay, I'm like, I know I'm gonna get there, but I'm probably gonna trip along the way. But I, I, I guarantee I'll get there. Yeah, so. it, it's so. I mean, I've been doing the podcast for two years, and and. Uh, the interviewing part of things, I'm just an aside here, I may get edited out entirely, but you know, the, the interview part of it, that didn't start for the first six to eight months. Like we, we were just doing the podcast for each other. Um, and then we started interviewing people and it's really taken a lot for me to learn how to not ask yes or no questions. You know, do you like doing art? Yes. Shit, <laughs> you know. So, like, how you know, the, you know, always asking like a how did, when did, why did, you know, like those sort of questions. And I'm not a journalist. I'm just a goofball with a microphone. You know, I studied illustration in college, and oh, I went so to yeah. computer programming. So, like, I didn't do any of my illustration. I, did, have, I don't do any illustration anymore. So, like, uh-huh. my degree is in illustration. Same but way. I don't do anything at all. You know what I mean? So, exactly. but I just love, I mean, like, you know, the, the, in the, the, with this, with the podcast, it's all about the process behind it. So like the, the life that leads to the life you have. And I've always been really curious about, you know, you've talked a lot about tagging in the past. Like you've talked about, um, you gave up, you like, I promised to never use, I vowed to never use spray paint again. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what led to that? particular promise um the spray paint thing came from i think my uh like i I think i I have to have this um like connection with the surface i think i I like being physically connected to the surface of what i'm working on Mm -hmm. and um that and also too i think because um growing up as a kid, obviously. And, and like, I, I know that I think it's been long enough now where kids don't associate spray paint can with like, um, maybe some still do like vandalism or, you know, or, or just a, the act of like anarchy, you know? Right. Um, and, and I grew up that way. I grew up with it being this medium of like, I want to say anger, but it was definitely, a, it was something rebellion, that was like right? rebellion yep. and being bad and just like, you know, and it was really about just, it was that moment. So for me, that medium, was for me about that moment, right. that act. Of course. You know? And so um, once I uh, figured out, you know, that I can still 
like write and tag, but not have to use a spray paint can. And also too, and I was the fact that they, they, they rattle. Hmm. And, I, and, and when you're out at night, I was like, well, you know, if I can be more, the quieter I can be, but still Mark, you know, so, like, <laughs> you know, so, so that, that's when I started like, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to uh, just bring a five gallon bucket of paint and a big ass roller and I'll just start, you know, marking like bigger. And so that, that was like, that was kind of for me uh, also something too as well. But um, yeah. And so I, I think I just, I, I, you know, every time I paint something, I take my hand, you know, I, I touch the surface, you know, with it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that, I just feel there's just a disconnect. There's a disconnect for sure. between um, for myself uh, using spray paint on with the work that I do. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you definitely have a an appreciation for the the fo- art form. You know, like I you posted, you're like, oh look what I came home to on the side of my studio. And it was like another artist had, you know, yeah. drawn very obviously had done it with spray paint. You know, you're like, oh man, I hate that. You're like, I love it. You know what I, I mean? It. I mean, I, I love it. I encourage, I mean, I, shit, I, I cannot get enough of graffiti, illegal graffiti, mm-hmm. trains, tagging, bombing. Like, the, I mean, even when I drive, my wife's like, man, I keep your eyes on the road, you know, like that. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm constantly, I, I think it's, I think it's the best. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's the yeah. best. I, um, like I said, and, and I love, I love to me, tagging to me is still like the, um, just it's the cream of just the cream of the crop, I guess. It's like, yeah, even like dust tags, you know, people you can see how the finger moved uh, on the on the surface area yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I just, um, well, it's art without permission, is the point, yeah, you know, yeah. like you didn't ask anybody if you could do it, you didn't ask for the space, you took the space. Yeah. That's what's most interesting about graffiti, really, is that th- no one is asking for you to do it. You're just, you're like, I, I have to do art. And I'm going to do art right here. And if they get mad about it, fuck them. You know yeah. what? Like they can clean it off if they want, but if they respect the art, they'll leave it. There's like walls in Toronto that are like, we have graffiti alley, right? Where it's just building after building after building. That's just it, full of tags, like full of art. No one touches them. No one, like if, if it's been signed and, and someone knows who the person is, they leave it, never gets covered up. But like, then there's like a subway on the subway system on the outdoor side of things. You can see buildings that are just covered and no one messes with them. And I think it's part of that art without permission that I, that I find most interesting about graffiti in general, but really like anybody who's, who's creating art that, you know, like projection art where it doesn't actually affect anything, but it's still beautiful in its own way that can be done totally guerrilla style. I, yeah. I think that that kind of thing is, you know, I think because we're, we're sort of entering into a, a phase in society where we're becoming way more obedient, you know, we've given up a lot of our freedoms. A lot of the things that we take for granted is, you know, unsafe are really safe. So to see this still happening is like, it's, it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm in my late 40s. So like, I came up skateboarding and making a mess and breaking things. So like, this to me now is like, I, I see it and I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, like, yeah. cause, cause as a Facebook <laughs> user and an Instagram user and like, we're fitting in, you know, that TikTok stuff. And like, I just kind of think like, boy, people got to wise up there. Where's your rebellion? You know? Yeah, exactly. And I said, and I think cause my older brother is seven years older than me. So I'll be 40 next month and he's 47. Yeah. So I grew up, hanging i was a seven-year-old kid hanging out with 14 year old kids i was out there you know skating mm-hmm. with them like just doing badass shit at a really young age 
you know? Um, and I think that ability, that, that freedom, that, I don't know. And I, I've always, like I said, I've always been just attracted to it. And my, my daughter, she like wrote on the side of my house. And like, at first I was like, Oh, like, I got kind of mad. My wife's like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, it's like, she, that's, she watches you paint big murals. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like, I'm like, you're right. You know? And I remember I mean, as a kid, I remember I got in trouble for spray painting on my grandma's house. And I must've been like maybe, maybe five, you know? Right. And so um, it's just, uh, I think I love, I mean, I just, yeah, man, you know, is in, I like just illegal acts of, you know, just chaos. You know, like, you know? well, you you appreciate I, them. You I don't perpet, perpetuate perpetrate exactly. them anymore. You get invited, you know, yeah, into the space. Yeah. I think what's interesting about the concept of, of you know, it, being interested in the tactile nature of a surface and and and, you know, moving your hand across something just to get a feel for it. Um, you can see it in your brush strokes. You can see it when you're when you're. You, you take a video and you're moving your brush, you can see the deliberate nature of filling in the space. So like when there are little holes and when you drag the brush over and there's still holes, you go back in and you make sure they're filled, you know, like it's not, there's never an incident. Like everything is, is it feels very, very deliberate. Is that something that, that that's just the nature of the brush for you? Or is that something that it's, it's in your head that you, that I need that to be exactly right. Yeah, I think it's 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 a it's an aesthetic like a visually aesthetic thing that I, I want to um, to like I guess achieve whenever I'm working because it's um, it, yeah it all, it all to me when I when I work it all breaks down to just positive negative space so it's all about balance you know so mm -hmm. it's like I can't have too much you know I don't want too much of it showing because if there's too much brushstroke showing then it's just going to really pop out somewhere else and I, I know and along the way you can kind of gauge of, you know, how much pressure you're using and, you know, um, things of that sort. So, um, it, yeah, like if, and also too, and that really depends on the space that I'm working. If I'm doing something that's about 200 feet long, you know, obviously whatever happened the first 10 feet over there is not really going to be visually apparent at, mm -hmm. you know, at, at, within a well, one foot, uh, a square foot space uh, 20 yards down, you know? So, um, yeah, it's definitely, I think I, I, you know, I want it to look a certain way because even though the work is, could be really, really large, you know, sometimes, you know, um, you might have to think that one person might stop in that one area too as right. well. I just got to that one spot. So, yeah, well, it yeah. stands up to scrutiny, right? I mean, that's the whole purpose. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this sort of brings me to something else that you, you when you're doing the door uh, this weekend or whatever, that um, you had a friend with you who was taking photos, Jan Wayne Swayze. Jan, yeah. Jan Wayne Jan, 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 Jan yeah. Wayne Swayze. Okay. White guy would say Jan. <laughs> so Jan Wayne Swayze. So it's just yeah. as good. You know, it's the same deal. Yeah. Um, but so is he like your kind of official photographer? Like, does he take your high res photos for the portfolio or is, is he just happening uh, sometimes? Or Jan and I met about a year and a half ago. So he's not official. If there's anybody that's official that I, I love, that I try to have document all my work. And this is, he's a photographer. His name's uh, Brandon Shigeta. Uh, he's just amazing. Like I've known okay. that guy for 10 plus years and every project that I can actually get him to shoot out, even after I'm done, like, you know, um, I try to make it happen. But, um, Jan, uh, we worked together. We met, 
yeah, about a year and a half ago, I did like this giveaway in my neighborhood and he didn't even, he, oh, that's what it was. The night before on Instagram, I said, hey, I'm going to do this uh, giveaway. Does anybody want to document it? And then I got a bunch, you know, not a bunch, but you know, a few people hit me up like, hey, I you know, live in SF, love to document it. And then um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go with this dude here. And then so, so he did it and he uh, honestly just like documented it. And I think within like two hours or maybe like three, he like cranked out this really good, just amazing just documentation of, of the of what happened right i was like blown away i was like wow dude like you know one it was shot really well but it was also the time that he edited it and turned it around it was so right. quick and so and then come to find out we're actually like neighbors like we literally live like blocks from each other oh crazy and um yeah and so you know he also father you know two kids and stuff so you um it just became this thing where we're like you know whenever and he's since then he's kind of documented a, a few projects so and we're also similar in age. So, you know, it just kind of okay. like one of those things where it just became uh, somebody comfortable to work with, you know, and it's all, it's also too like um, when you have kids and sometimes and, and the way, like I said, the way my life is, is when I don't have to like, when people just kind of get what I'm going through because mm. they're kind of going through it too as well. You know, I have a manager and he kind of, you know, kind of gets what, what I get because he's in the same kind of boat right it makes it makes it really uh you there's just less you don't have to explain things it's just kind of like you know we're oh, all yeah. shit show together you know so well yeah i mean i have two kids one is i think getting a snack right now i can kind of hear her. she's eight <laughs> and then i have a 14 year old this week he's turning 14 so awesome yeah that whole you know, we just sort of make the time like i had two interviews booked for tuesday and thursday and then you text going you said, can we go? To, I'm like, yeah, we can do it today. I had to do that yeah. negotiation with my wife. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> Thank uh, you. you know, <laughs> I, to me, it was like, I said, you know, I kind of feel like I, I talked Aaron into it. Like I, I was like, so, Hey, listen, you know, uh, and I, I just felt like I, I had to have it uh, happen. I am curious about this. Uh, you've been exercising for the past year. Yeah, August twelfth. August twelfth was lost year. a bunch of weight. You, you talked about the fact that you know you've you've been running. Uh, was there something in particular that sort of caused that for you? Or yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, so I, I, as a kid, I grew up. Uh, I was overweight. You know, um, not by a bunch, but I mean like enough to where like my grandma was like, <laughs> "You're fat. You need to go walk." <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, I, my first job that I got was at a gym. You know, I was 14 and a half years old and I got a workers permit and some of that through school. And I, I, I think my, from age 15, yeah, when I was 15, I spent a whole summer just like running nonstop and right. well, working out. And I lost like almost like 30 pounds. I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Cause I was 180 and I went down to like 150 something, whatever. And, um, uh, and there was, great you know it was really really good and um i felt really great at the time and stuff like that and, and for me it was you know at the when you're a kid in high school you know you're all you know it's all my at the time i made a bunch of new friends they're all football players i never played any football or whatever but these guys right. are all football players. i was working out with them just, you know making friends and stuff like that and um but before that too growing up my dad um used to work out a lot with my brother and i teach us how to like you know hit the speed bag and punching bag we run with my dad i run we run with them right and then i got to a certain point where i remember um i started like passing him up you know and right. and, and so um i just i've always loved i've always loved 
running. You know, I've always loved running. And then um, I had knee surgery a while back when I was in art school, and I kind of really like I just couldn't run anymore. It was like I had a bike, and it which sucked. And so whatever along the way, then you know, fast forward what twenty years later, then I had kids, and then um, or like sorry, ten years later, and then um, I had my kids, and so I had you know I've just been playing with them. I'm, I'm, my wife and I were with, with our kids every single day, right? Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Like I said, we, we're the only caretakers that we've ever had. And so somehow along the way, I don't know what happened, but, you know, playing with them, I'm going to parks with them, climbing on things with them, whatever it was. Um, I think like, I think I must've like just rehab my knee, you know, somehow, right. somewhere way. Cause I had, I never worked out. It's been forever. And so one day recently, you know, um, I thought that all my, uh, you know, as a kid, I was pretty insecure. You know, my dad, my brother, would always kind of like joke at me and call me like fat boy and this and that, and everything, you know, like whatever. And so I was like, okay, well, that was, you know, that was the past. You know, that did hurt, but you know, whatever. I got a wife now. She loves me for who I am, this and that. And then all of a sudden. I'm past it. And then all of a sudden, my, my kid goes, uh, dad, like, you know, this is like recently, it was about a year, year or so ago, dad, you know, um, you're, you, you know, you, you look like The Rock, you know, like Dwayne Johnson. I was like, oh, do I? So yeah, you know, like, um, you got your shaved head, but you don't, you don't have like tattoos. You have like hair in your body, and then like, and you're not muscular. You're fat. And I was like, oh, okay, shit. so I don't look like Rock at all. Pretty out much of the, out of the narrows of babes. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's always doing that. Tap, tap my tummy and going, you're fat. Yeah. And I'm just like, thanks, pal. Thanks. Yeah. And so, uh, and then I, and then. A few times after that, my kids like, oh, dad, you're ch- just chubby, dad, this and that. And I remember I was like, um, it just kind of brought that same, like, for gut sure, feeling again. You know, yeah. and I was like, man, dude, like, because I never looked at myself as, like, being, like, chubby again. And so uh, I was like, no, nah, no, like, I-, I don't want my kids, like, to, like, look at me. At least my, you know, my kids look at me that way. You know, my daughter would love me for no matter what. My boys yeah. are always fucking throwing blows at me. But, um, and so one day, it was a year ago, it was right after my daughter's birthday, and then it was two days afterwards, it was on a Monday, I think, you know, my wife was like, hey, I'm going to run, you want to come? And I was like, sure, you know, what, why not, right? Cause right. She, she kind of, she's always kind of like ran or walked and stuff like that here and there. And I just uh, did that one day, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I just, I, from that moment on, I just made a habit of, I just do two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, two right. days on, one day off. And, I, and no matter where I was at, if I was traveling somewhere, um, whether it be Hawaii, it didn't matter what it was, I would get up in the morning and just run, you know? And, and um, yeah, dude, it, it's just been great. It's been cool. It just it requires the least amount of equipment, you know, a pair no of shoes and some shorts. It's like, yeah. And I don't, the thing is when I run too, that's one thing I love about it is I leave, and it's probably not smart of me, but I leave like um, my phone. I'm, I've never taken any device with me. I don't have, a, I don't have like no watch or right. anything. It's literally, I just, um, you're just I going. My, yeah. I leave my phone. I tell my wife, this is the route that I'm going to go in. You know, if something were to happen or whatever, like, um, that's where I'm at. And so, uh, for that reason, I might get one of those uh, watches, like Apple Watch, or whatever, just because I think it has yeah. like a uh, emergency thing on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but, for sure. So, but I don't know, we'll see. But um, but I like the fact that when I'm out there, like I, I just it's like nonstop. I just think and I just run, and it just mm. it kind of puts me like at a nice uh, mental state because this year too, like this beginning of this year, I kind of like cut caffeine out of my diet, and I still have it every now and then. But um, it wasn't. I never drank that much. I drank like maybe like 
uh, three cups a week beforehand. This now it's kind of like one cup. I think I've had like thirty-two cups this year. I have actually, and so yeah, like you literally. Yeah, You're like thirty-two cups this year. I'm like, yeah. what the shit, are you talking about? I've had like thirty cups in the past month. Yeah, no, I've had, had thirty-two cups. I think my mom's maybe like six cups. So, like, wow. um, yeah, and so uh, I, for me, like, I like drinking caffeine before because it allowed me to like just like just mentally go like to this crazy place. I, I, I think because I'm so sensitive to it, you know. And so right. running running out to me, working out, it kind of does that. It allows me to just like blow off steam like you know because i think like i said on those days when i'm not in the studio like i have to do be doing something for sure for sure yeah. well you know my wife had said if you ask him anything ask him how he cleans his stove because you're a shitty at it <laughs> <laughs> dude I, it's funny because a few people one guy's like man i can't show my wife this dude she didn't kill me <laughs> yeah my wife follows you on his scrap too so she says ask him how he cleans his floor because uh you know he gets the grout and i'm like <laughs> Man, you guys fastidious. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not fastidious. I'm just a big dumb lummox, so it's fine. It's not a big deal. I think I've always had like this habit of, um, well, the first job that I had was cleaning a gym, right? I had that, and then which was right. awesome, it was an amazing job. Um, and then I've always been really, I mean, obviously my art kind of shows, um, but um, I've always just been really particular and when i went to college i remember somebody walked into my dorm and this girl was like are you a virgo and i was like what do you mean like i didn't really, science didn't i was like no. 20, what 20 years old? i didn't know about it, like science and so they, like, they still don't matter even yeah, now she, she, she's like, <laughs> are you a virgo said, because you're very like you know uh ocd ish and i was like oh yeah whatever i, I you know birthday september 60 i guess i am so um but i i think it's like um yeah, I, I loved organize. I love organization. Mm -hmm. I love like cleanliness. Um, I, I think it's always been a habit. I remember washing my car. My neighbors would tell me as a kid. My neighbors would be like, "Man, you're gonna wash the paint off your car." You know, because right. I always be washing my car and like. I'm just gonna start waving my hands around my room so you can't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then like my mom, you know, she would tell me that her mother would make them like they rearrange their living room like once a month you know right and it's funny because i when i had an apartment with my buddy a friend of ours just come over and he's like dude he's like, you guys have a one-bedroom apartment uh, it was like one and a half bedroom because he had a small room but he's like every time i come over here you guys somehow managed to rearrange this small apartment <laughs> um and so I, I think i just i like you know i like i like you know i like clean I like i like my, my my dishes look a certain they're stacked a certain way and like cleaning things you know and i, I think just taking care of um these things that I have, you know, that I, that For sure. I the thing is, so I don't, the thing is with, with the reason why I like, I clean the stove every night pretty much. And so at night, every night, every other night. And, um, the reason why I kind of take pride in that is because in, 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 I don't cook like at all. Like, you know, <laughs> so, and, and not because my wife, she just, she loves it. It's like, she loves cooking and baking and yeah. so the stove, so the stove we have is like one of these crazy, like heavy duty stoves, right? That yeah. she like, she didn't want to buy it. I was like, no, I'm going to get it for you because like you, this, like you're like a, like a you chef. Like doing you know? it. Yeah. You love doing it. So let's buy like a heavy duty one. So, um, you know, I kind of, I want to keep it immaculate and clean. And so, and also too, that's my way of taking care of this thing that like provides like <laughs> delicious yeah. meals for my family. And it's my a social contract you make with yeah. your spouse, man. It's cool. It's, yeah, you know. You know 
So, 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 so what, what I use, if you're, if you're curious, what I use is, um, there's two things. One oh, is Jesus, like, if you tell me that I'll be obliged to know. Or... <laughs> no, dude, it's just literally, it's simple. Just like soap, like literally soap and water. A, a friend of mine texts me like, what do you use? I'm like, I use soap and water, dude. I use, use, you know, like, use my balls. Dude. Like I use elbow grease. <laughs> <laughs> what um, I mean, but, uh, like, but, but part of that is that you've kept it clean. So you're not dealing with huge you no. know, time of, of, of it's sitting there. Like we have a ceramic top cooktop. So it's, it's one flat surface. And okay, anytime yeah. something burns onto it, you got to put the ceramic bright on. You got to leave it. You got to do a whole. There's a whole thing with it. But like oh, yeah. every time my mom or my mother-in-law come and they use soap on it, I'm like, "The fuck you doing with my ceramic cooktop? That's not, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you don't, you don't exactly. do that, you know." But it's the, it's the one anal thing I've got is like you, ceramic bright. You use a ceramic cooktop. <laughs> ceramic. But I watched you clean your car. You, 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 you're like cleaning in the hinge and stuff. Oh my god! I just yeah everything about that but so and this is how we go back <clears throat> let's hearken back to the fact that your art has a very balanced nature it's you know you you were saying you, you don't you like the interplay between positive and negative space you like the idea that if someone stops in one spot and looks at that one spot it makes sense to them that's all of that by the way that's you making sure your stove is clean every night you cleaning your your car like all of that is is part of the art so the art is you have a very sensible way of approaching your art and you you take it from a, a sense of balance like a lot of what you do is about balance when you see something that's like this huge swooping shape that ends in a, a straight shape you almost immediately start to fill in the next space so that it's never a big shape in an empty space, you know? It's really interesting to watch that process because it's it it comes to it comes to you naturally, it seems. You know? Have you found that over the course of generating this style for yourself, like, is that just a natural feeling for you? Yeah, it is because so before I, I would always I would always separate before I separated myself, there was like Aaron Dela Cruz, the educator and then there was like Aaron Dela Cruz the artist right and mm -hmm. I thought there were two different things I didn't think that they could exist right, right. so coexist coexist sorry yeah. I didn't think they could coexist I didn't think that on social media I could talk about being an educator I didn't think I thought I had to just like only talk about my artwork only right right um and then one I remember one day I was like fuck it you know I was like no like everything is like my art is literally a, an output of who I am and the way I think and the yeah. way I, the way I fold my clothes, the way like everything is stacked a certain, like that's the exact, it's just the exact same thing, but I'm just painting it on, you know, yeah. uh, the way I look at things. And so, um, that, and now it all makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's why too, um, you know, and I, I think, like looking for like even even the style that I have, you know, the style that I have, like still it still comes from, you know, wanting it's it's all it's letter form. It's it's all there for me. It's the all the the movements that the eye makes and the muscles make are all there is just yeah. doing your ABCs, but it's just deconstructed and put it back together in a certain way. But it's I want it to be I don't know, I guess I want the work to really, if I can, have it be like a a visual representation of, of not like a self-portrait in a way, but just like, I'm trying to, when you approach my work, I want the work to feel as if you approach me in person. 
Right. I want it to feel as if you are like, you know, that same emotion of having a conversation with me. I want it to be fun. I want it to be funny. I want it to be serious, but then it's also joking. There's mistakes out of there. There's sometimes there are, there's two areas that might not be perfect. So I have to like make, balance it out somewhere else over here. Um, and, and that's what I think, I think that one thing I love about the work that I'm doing is because I, it's like, it's just, it's just honest. It's just honest output. And that's, it is what you see is what you get, you know, and I, I don't go back and cover things up and I, you know, it's just, it's, and that's why it's, I like doing things like on the fly sometimes, you know, yeah. because it's just, yeah. it's just, it's that candid, like it's like freestyling, right? Like when I remember freestyle was such like when it was all new, like back at like Eminem and all that stuff, it was like, man, this is so awesome. Like you're catching this thing that happened like right then and there. And yeah. It's not going to happen again, you know? So yeah. yeah. Sorry going on a tangent, but yeah. No, that's what a podcast is. It's a whole bunch cool. of tangents. I cool. have something though. Um, so uh, <clears throat> when you were, when you were asking about the, when, when you're asking people, did they want you to do the podcast and, the yeah, yeah, fam, yeah, food. Yeah. Um, somebody had asked you a question, and you were like, "I'm going to save that for the podcast." Oh, and oh. I have it. I have it. I oh, screenshot okay. it. Do. So it's in Spanish, so I don't know what it means. Here's the thing. So you're going to have to tell me what it means. Como lograste casarte con un estilo y no continuar en la eternidad de la búsqueda? So is that like? Is your is your sound ever going to change or something like that or it's it's how did how did you decide I think it's if I'm not mistaken because um, I'm not perfectly fluent in Spanish but I remember my wife she isn't I believe what they're saying is how did you decide to stay uh, married like married to the style my buddy was like man he's like that's so beautifully put like you know, oh the way shit well then said. I feel awful because yeah. let me see here I did I I screenshot it then I sent it to my buddy and. And he goes, I think it means this. And I'm like, well, does it or doesn't it? Yeah, he said, how did you achieve being married in that style and not continue with the eternity of searching? That's what it was. And I, and I remember, um, yes. So How can you be married to one style and not continue the eternal search of others? Yes. And so I, I remember I read that and I was like, what, what? I was like I, at first I was like, what? Like, what is that? Um, well, that's why he, he came back with that second one. He's like, that might be a more accurate translation. This is my friend. Gerardo Chaboya. So I was like, it, you know, it's right, it's right. But I think uh, when you translate it to English, it kind of, it, it loses the po poetic it, nature of it. Po yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. What does it mean? But it's yeah. like, Oh, you're <laughs> you know, where you, you, you're really married to this one style, but I don't know. Like it. Yeah, so it said, how did you manage to, how did you manage or marry to stick with your style and not continue with the eternal search? Yeah, you're right. So your buddy's right as well. And so what that means is like, what I, what I gathered from that was like, like, oh, I was like, what does that mean? Like, I'm just like stuck in one thing. But like, I think it's like, how, how did you manage to, to like, you know, come up with your style, right? Come up with the style yeah. that you have and um, comfortably keep, you know, uh, pushing it and not search to do something else. Mm -hmm. um, and so to answer that question, uh, for me, it's, oh, it, it boils down to one thing. I remember as a kid and um, it was my aunt and she uh, was looking at, I had, I had like, at times like black books. I had like, my parents let me do like pieces. I had like, you know, graffiti pieces in my room and stuff like that on the walls. And um, she was like, oh man, I love all these, like, you know, I love these colorful art works of art, but I hate like that, you know, tagging bullshit. You know, it's like, and, and I remember I, I, mean, I was young. I must've been yeah. like, she's 13 maybe or 12. 
And I remember I was probably 13 and I remember like just taking offense to it. And I was like, no, dude. I was like, you, you, I'm like, you have to have that in order to yeah. get to this, you know? And so that was, I think the first time that I was, I really said, no, what I'm going to now, I'm really going to study and just like all types of uh, just script writing right. cursive, you know, at the time, um, like a lot of like old English and like these, I remember girls would sit next to me in class and they'd have like these um, letters from their boyfriends in prison. And these things were like beautiful works of art, dude. And, right. and, and I remember I would like take those and I'd be like, Oh man, that's awesome. And it's not, and um, give me back my letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, and so, and I started incorporating that with all, with, with just tagging, just all yeah. different styles. And then, um, but at a certain point, that's whenever I, I said, no, things don't have to say something. Things don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. like, nothing has to say anything. All the information can be there. It doesn't have to actually say it, though. Yeah. And that's when I started taking things apart, putting them back together. And then, which we're talking about me cleaning my car and other stuff, 10, 15 years later, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. It was just taking, creating chaos and organizing it beautifully in a way. And so right. um, now with the work and you know, being attracted to structure, building, um, landscape, whatever it may be, uh, it's, I'm using, I, I guess my gut and my intuition and my ability to this balance, uh, space and positive, negative, you know, flat objects, um, and just really trying to just really just create like, like I, I have this idea of where I want to kind of push the work. And, yeah. um, and for me, I think the, the work at the end of the day is probably going coming full circle is to have it be, um, to have like a, a useful purpose because yeah. I was, um, I was taught how to create through, through making things that served a purpose yeah. And I never thought that that was considered art until, <laughs> um, you know, my parents never really fostered. They were always like, yeah, go ahead, do art. Aaron. That's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But they weren't like, okay, Aaron, like that. They couldn't critique anything. They didn't know how to say like, yeah. you know, go to art school and become this and this, and that. But then after I got out of art school, even like, you know, after, even after I finished teaching, I was like, oh shit. It's like, my mom taught me how to sew at a young age. My dad taught me how to like pretty much build houses mm -hmm. and place cement. I have all, I have all this ingredients of doing stuff, you know, how to, how to make artistic things, but I was learning how to do them for like survival or you know, whatever it may be, yeah. like not, you know, not aesthetic purposes. So now it's just, um, the style that I have that allows me to really output what my emotion is at that time in, in, in the most, the, the most cost efficient way, because unfortunately it's still a habit of me. Um, I'm always like, I think because I was raised that way. It's like, always like, you know, hold on to your pennies, but like, and I'm quick and I can make a huge, um, dis display of artwork in such a quick amount of time. And it's still, and, and to me, it's still like tagging, you know, yeah. it's still black ink. that's why I'm still married to this one style of just like, taking this black ink and just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. But when I'm doing it, I back away from it. And I'm like, Oh man, that, that, that looks like, or to me, it's like, it's structure. You know, it's, 
it's yeah. a time for something else, you know, and, and just, um, and I've just constantly been searching and pushing that, pushing that. So, um, I would think, I mean, sorry to interrupt. I, you know, it's funny, but I, I think that one of the things that initially drew me to the work when I saw it was it had a real, thank God, I may be super off, but it had a real like Mayan, ancient yeah. Mayan flavor to it that I was like, this feels like the fills in a, in a Mayan uh, painting. Like it just had this kind of, you know how, how there'd be like a, a a sun or something and there'd be all these fill lines it felt like that to me and i I just was like man this this guy he's got to be you know he's got to be channeling the mayans or something (laughs) but but i don't know if i was like super off and it 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 always struck me that way but i you know no the art is the art you know you're definitely i mean you're you're on the right track it's like um i remember as a kid you know my, my when I think when my dad really knew that I was like serious about art, I was serious about graffiti, but to him it was art. He looked at art as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember he brought home a book. It was like, um, like Diego Rivera. I think my aunt gave him Diego Rivera. Then he brought one. It was like pre-Hispanic. It was like Mayan, Toltec, um, all these you know books. And he's like, Aaron, like these are our ancestors. And um, these are, you know, if you can create, like he's like, Diego Rivera's out there painting murals. Uh, back in the day, same thing you're doing now, but he, he was very, being very political about it. So he's like, you have a voice. People are going to listen to what you're saying mm-hmm. like, with, the, with the graffiti that you're doing. Um, and then, you know, and just like anything else, the, all the mind stuff, you know, I was obviously, you know, to me, those things look like letters. And they look like bar, you know, and all those stuff. So I was yeah, attracted right? to that. And yes, you know, it's, it's also, you know, where, you know, my family stems from. So um, I was definitely you know, uh, influenced by that. And then along the way, you know, um, you meet people, you know, and when you travel and things of that sort, and um, they feel it, you know, and a lot of the yeah. work is just, it's just felt, you know, and, and that's the thing. So I, I don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish. And it's a lot, it's funny because a lot of times I'll meet people and they're like, Dela Cruz, like, oh man, with the last time like that, like, how do you not speak Spanish, you know, <laughs> or whatever it be, or, you know, and, and, and that I think probably hurts me the most of any comment that you know is, is like, and i'm like damn like i wish i spoke spanish and like you know because my parents speak spanish my brother and i don't um, yeah but i mean were your parents you know they would they it's funny there's an interesting thing with with parents who um they, they tend to they tend to tr- they're practicing english on their kids to start yeah. with and then they want to focus on that so the kids have that leg up where they're not handicapped by the first language being not English. Uh, you've seen that a lot with kid, kids of immigrants where they don't exactly speak the language. Yeah. Like my, I think my parents just had this thing where they wanted us to be like more American than they were, you know? So like, you know, my yeah. dad, like my dad was actually like, you know, he would, when he spoke Spanish, he had to like hold his hands on the desk. I hit him with the ruler, you know? So it was like, he would almost like, you know, tortured for speaking Spanish. So, yeah. so then I got it. As I got older, I was like, ah, oh, it sucks, you know, whatever. But now, you know, I married somebody who speaks Spanish. You know, we have my daughter in Spanish only school and my kids, you know, we speak Spanish in the house as much as we can. So definitely trying to get back. And so um, that's one thing too, I think is I, I, I hold like a lot of um, pride. My parents really instilled that in me to be proud of who I am, where I come from. For sure. And you know, what I think I represent. So. You know. I mean, you, you very obviously 
honor your your family like it's it's one of those interesting things when you're doing the tiling and you said your dad is dying because he wants to get his hands dirty <laughs> but it, it you had this sense of pride in that he was you know enjoying watching you do your work like it, it there there's a certain level of satisfaction my dad's a carpenter so there's a certain level of satisfaction to have your your father who was your guiding influence when it came to like getting your hands dirty to sit back and let you do the thing as opposed to back when you were you know six or seven going like don't touch that that's sharp don't touch that that's heavy don't touch that that's you know you're yeah. gonna get cut you know meanwhile like at the same time handing you a drill going like you're six you can drill a hole <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure of course i can you know like it, it's funny because like my dad had a workshop and the, the, the idea was that he taught us how to use the tools so that we wouldn't hurt ourselves it's the same thing as like guns you know you you learn how to shoot a gun so that you know how not to shoot a gun and it's like tools are much like that they have the innate ability to harm but you have to you have to you know not respect the tool and you have to not be paying attention so like yeah. one of the things that that is really interesting about watching you work is is the level of attention you give to things so you're very in, you're very intentional you know there's not a lot of although it may appear to be random there's a very intent purpose to the things you're doing and you know watching you work on your tile watching you work on your bathroom and and, and do tiling and grouting and i i sent you the photo of my ba bathroom tile yeah. <laughs> and i was like i'm not nearly as fastidious i was like grinding out with a dremel the the grout that or the the mortar that was in there you know and i remember you going like oh man it, it, it's the worst and i'm like yeah but it looks amazing you know what i mean yeah. yeah so you know do you find now you're setting that example for your kids like is that is that something that you're doing now you're sort of instilling this sense of family you know nature appreciation of the things around you and appreciate the things that you can have with your kids yes i, th I think for me my goal right now as at least is what I think a father should be is, you know, obviously anything that, you know, not doing anything that was done incorrectly to my parents' way of doing things. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm sure there's things I'm doing with my kids when, when they grow up to like, I'm never going to do what dad did, you know? So, but um, I think, you know, um, really, you know, allow, especially my boys, I want my boys to, to be comfortable. And I think it's pretty apparent, you know, that I'm a pretty open person and being a male and being, um, it's okay to be, you know, like my son like gives me kisses and I can hug him. My dad didn't tell me he like loved me to, I like forced it out of him when he was like, I was like 15 or 16. Yeah. Now, and like my dad like wouldn't really hug me or stuff like that. But now he does, but the, you know, it wasn't like that. So, um, being, I think being emotionally open is one thing I definitely want to instill in them. Obviously, um, you know, out nature. I mean, I was kind of always raised uh, like nature and plants was like my thing that my parents mm -hmm. were always doing. But um, the only goal that I have right now that I really want to instill into my kids is that I want them to have I want them to have the courage or the ability or at least the belief that they come from a creative family. You know, because I didn't right. I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that at all. And so um, being the first person to do that is always stressful even at my age it still is you know because mm. i don't have a, i don't have an older peer that um i can ask for advice to you know that that live this life that i'm living but not only that but just to say like you know i i can say you know oh my mom worked for like you know this 
the state and my dad worked, you know, for this electrical company, but I want my kids to say like, no, like, you know, my dad's a creative, I'm a creative too. You know, if I want to be, or you know, my mom's a nurse, I can be, a, I can go to the medical field if I want to. Like sure. that, that must feel nice, you know, to mm-hmm. have, to have that and not, not to just, you know, right now what I think what I have for me is I have the courage to chase this dream and um, face my fears and overcome them. But I know that hard work is what my parents instilled in me. And that's one, one thing that yeah. I know that I will never let down. Like, that's like my pride, right? And so I want my kids also acknowledge hard work. Um, even though the generation, I feel like generations kind of always lose something, but they gain something else, you know? Well, so let me, um, let, me, let, me, let me break in here. I'm curious about this because I think about this a lot. Um, you know, my dad was a carpenter, but later on in life, he's like, I want to write. And I, he's like, well, I want you to read this book I wrote. It was, it was not good. He's not a listener to the podcast. So I'm not worried about that. <laughs> it wasn't very good. And I told him, honestly, I was like, you know, I, I, this isn't very good. And here's how I would fix it if I could, but I don't, you know, it's not really my deal. Um, do you think, is it possible that you, your parents are creative and they just, they, they, they forego, they forwent that, they said, um, okay, well, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't help us raise our kids. I'm 110 percent that that's that's what it is. Yeah, I think it was something that was um, obviously suppressed or put to the side. Like my mom, she always wanted to go to college and take a pottery class, and she never did because her parents passed away when she was 17. Right. So she she had to raise eight girls. She was the oldest of eight, and so she had to literally not go to college and raise mm-hmm. all these girls. She was a, she became like a, a mom, right? And 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 she had this piece that she actually just redid it. She had it from high school and it was this peacock and it was made of all these little like um, stones and she's always had it hanging up and she always talked about that art class that she took and how she wanted to go to do pottery class. And, um, but she never did. I even bought her pottery classes, uh, tickets or not uh, classes <laughs> yeah. to attend and she never went. Oh, but, no. And so um, I know that for me, uh, it was like, man, like that, that's why I picked up this torch. That's why I went to San. That's why I moved to San Francisco because it was literally the last place that my parents traveled. You know, my parents never traveled anywhere. They went to San Francisco. They went to this Led Zeppelin concert, and then my dad was like, you know, frying. It was cool, and there was doves and everything. And, and I remember that, that was like that was like the pinnacle of their like of their uh, before having kids, like of their exploring life. And I was like, you know what? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up where they left off, you know? Right, of course. Well, I kind of feel the same way. And I remember my dad, my dad would, um, my dad kind of like, he writes these like really poetic texts to me a lot of times and they're like kind of out there, but they're really good. A friend of mine's like, save those dudes. <laughs> make like a book for your dad. But like, um, and then um, I remember he would like, he would kind of like sketch lightly here. And like, he didn't like draw a bunch of pictures, but every now and then he like, oh, here's like a little rose or, you know, here's like some hands right. or whatever it was. Um, and then I, I heard a story of my grandfather. Um, there's, a, I think they call it the Circle of Friends. You might have seen that. It's like it's like a very famous like uh, Mexican uh, folk, like a folk art type of thing. It's like it's like these little like maybe five people like kind of holding hands. It's kind of like in a circle. Okay. Uh, it's very generic. You see them, but I guess my grandfather used to make those and sell those. I heard, but uh... he, he never did anything artistic after that. And then my other grandfather, who passed away when when I never met he used to cut hair and so I used to cut hair. And so when I was cutting hair, my mom was like, did you know your grandfather was a barber in the military? I was like, what? So I was like, yeah, it's crazy. So um, like, you know, like, like I'm sure like it's, 
it's in the DNA. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's just, I, luckily my parents got to a point where they were able to, um, allow me to go to uh, college, you know, and really, um, push this. And they, like I said, like my dad, when I was doing graffiti, my dad was like, dude, have at it. He's like, cause you're not out there like shooting up drugs or shooting people like your friends are. So he's like, defeats <laughs> me. Like, it's like the, the, the least of my worries, you know? Yeah. He's just like, you have a job. He's like, you have a job. He's like, if you get caught, uh, you better bail yourself out of jail, you know? So right. um, that's kind of what it came down. He's like, as long as, you have, as long as you have good grades in school, he's like, I don't care what you're doing. You know, right. as long as you're not out there, if you want to do drugs, talk to me first, you know? So, um, talk to so me I, first. I think that I got the hookup. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They allowed me to uh, think freely and act freely based on trust, you know? And nice. I think that really allowed me to just kind of push, um, push the boundaries, push right. the boundaries of, of what, um, I was what I wanted to do. Right. So like my mom, I still have, uh, no, actually I gave it back to her. I had a watercolor that she had done like when I was a like three-year-old or something, you know, and she went into nursing and, and, uh, she always really supported me doing art. And, and she always thought like, well, if you, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. And I translated it into, I'm going to, you know, play guitar and sing and skateboard and, party and whatnot and then i'll go do illustration and i'll do this and i'll do that and it, it's my whole life has just been maybe i'll try that and see what happens the podcast was one of those discussions and it's two years later so you know i think everybody in in my opinion <clears throat> as 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 silly as it is like i think if you don't if you don't try it like as long as you're not hurting anybody like that's my big thing is don't hurt anybody but if you can, if you don't try it, then you're just setting yourself up for regret long term, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think that you know when I see, I'm sure you've done work. This should be a question: Have you done any work in which you really regret having done it? Oh yeah. Like you look back and go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say what it was, but I'm, like, but I'm just, I'm picturing a motorcycle helmet right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish I hadn't done that one. I'm, that did not go well. Yeah, no. I, sometimes I'm too nice of a person. So I, uh, thankfully, I think my kids, especially my daughter, has toughened me up. But yeah, no, there's definitely some things that I've done in the past. That I'm kind of like, oh, why did I do that? But, you know. But if you don't try it, then, you know, you just end up going, oh, I wish I had at least seen it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I also on the side run a networking event for, for advertising people trying to find work. And, it, and when I started it, the only reason I started it was that I had posted on Facebook saying, hey, I had a dream that I started a networking event. Would anybody want to go to that? And it just was like, yes. And so for the past year and a half, like every three months or so, I get a bunch of people together and, and, and help people find jobs. And it was one of those funny things that like somebody had said like, Oh, you're this, you're so, you're so nice. You're so generous and giving. I'm like, there's not a ton of effort involved in what I'm doing. Like, like it really is just, I schedule a place and I put it an invite. And if you show up, you show up. If you don't, then I feel kind of bad, but you know, yeah. like, to me, it's, it's more, I would hate to not do it because there are people that are getting up on stage to speak and talk about themselves have no place to do that otherwise. Do you know? And it's, yeah. and I think if I hadn't done it at all, I'd still be talking about, man, I wish I had done that thing. 
And I, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that example to my kids of saying, like, I wish I had done that thing. I, w- I wish I want my kids to say, like, man, I tried that. It wasn't good, but I tried it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, 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 and even it's funny you say that because this year, this is really weird, is that for the past, I'd say, past five years, I've kind of been, you know, obviously sculpture is one of those things where, like, things that I, one, I never thought that I would do, be doing sculpture. I thought that I had zero ability to even step foot in that world, you know, because right. I thought I went to school for illustration, I can paint, just be happy, just that's all, you don't get out of your lane, Aaron, you know, you, you're not an educated sculptor in this net. And so, um, but I was like, you know what? A few years ago, I was like, there's no rules, dude. I can do what the hell I want, right? And so yeah. I started I started just kind of pushing the work. Um, the past few years, there's a bunch of projects that I wanted to do, but I just didn't really have the time. Right. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, man, I was like, I really, I really would, I wish I could like travel less and start working out of the studio more. Hmm. And she's like, uh, well, yeah, but you know, it's not really a reality because like, you know, we have to work to like, you know, make money and stuff. And then boom, like this whole pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. And so look what happens is like, it's kind of be careful what you ask for. Right. Because now like I'm at the studio and you know, um, I'm not traveling because I'm being safe. And so mm-hmm. I am just really all these ideas that I've, that I've had. It's like, okay, motherfucker, like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's time to do it. It's time to do it. Dude. So, um, and, and so the first, that, and that, that first, you know, I had like this little, like, that it was kind of, I don't want to call it an art show. It's like an open studio art show. I guess I'd kind of did the, the small canvases. And that Those was are so first. cool. Those are Thank so you, cool. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that was like, that was crazy. You know, I, like I've had art shows in the past and the work on opening day wouldn't all sell out. It would mm. sell, the show would come down. I get emails and people buy it afterwards, but I never sold it all right then and there. And this time yeah. it was like, boom, it was gone. I was like, Oh, this is crazy. And, um, and like I said, and there's, a, there's like, some prints I'm coming out with soon. Like there's this other project that I'm, I've just been dying to do for the past, like two years. And I'm, I'm going to make it happen this year. Like I'm going to say that now I have to, I have to. So, um, is so it now, a shower curtain? It's a, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your shit should be on a shower curtain, son. Reversible. It's reversible, dude. <laughs> reversible shower curtain. Um, but yeah, it turns into uh, a moo-moo. <laughs> exactly. Cut, it's, it's actually a shower curtain. Like, it's, a, it's a towel. It's a zip. It's a towel. And See, a in, in the business, we call that a callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really forced me to be like, okay, like Aaron, if you, you know, if, if, not only to myself, but also like to my wife and also to like, and, and I have to survive, you know, so like, mm-hmm. yeah. I have to still push myself no matter how hard things are. And like I said, and, you know, and like, it's funny cause I told my wife, I'm like, look, I'm okay with like, you know, uh, being broke or she's like, cause I, you know, cause I was kind of raised that way, you know, a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I, my, my, my studio was in my one bedroom in my, in my bedroom for six years. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I'm all, I can create no matter what I have, but, um, and she's like, Aaron, I don't want you to be broke. <laughs> yeah. She's like, cause it's not anywhere. It's a we, I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that. So like, you know, I'm like, okay, I forgot. But, um, so, um, that's kind of, uh, all those things that I have been wanting to do. And I'm, it's now I'm doing them. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like I and I would not want it to um 
pass surpass uh, me by, you know, and I'm glad that this kind of happened because it just, you know, there's even this one thing that I want to do. It's, and it's completely, it's not even like married to my style at all, but it's something that I'm like, okay, I have to make this thing. So um, it's, I'm, I'm excited about this. Like, I'm, like, I, like I said, when we first started, like this year has been really about doing like a lot of things that are uncomfortable yeah, because because I think that's everybody that I'm around that I care about. We're all uncomfortable, and so I kind of feel like I'm just like, um, like it's work based off my just um, I don't know, just my environment, you know, and my mm-hmm. emotion, my emotional environment of people, you know, like just of the pain I feel for some of my neighbors and like the stress I feel from somebody else. And, you know, like, I mean, I have like in, in anger, I mean, right now there's so many weird feelings, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, why not just if you're worse, if I'm scared, it's better. I'd rather be scared than be sick. Yeah. You know? And so that's like, that's, I'm just going to get it all out. I don't remember where I, I saw it. I, somebody had said, like, I feel like we're all in this huge game of chicken waiting for the first person to crack. Like as, you know, for six months, it was just Zoom meetings or Google Hangouts or whatever with coworkers and seeing people, only this much of them. I went to drop an iPad off at one of my coworkers' apartments. She she came down to the ground floor and I handed it to her and I realized that she's five feet tall. And I was like, we're all the same height as far as I know. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm almost six feet tall. And and, and I, I sort of went, oh, my God, you're tiny. You know, like, I totally forgotten it. Like, because you and I are the same height. Yeah. But I don't know. We're probably not the same height. As far as yeah. I know, we are, you know. So it's it was just, it, it, it just threw me off. Because in my opinion, like, based off of the fact that I only ever see a top half of a torso, shoulders, and a head, everybody's the same height. So, like, you can get it in your head that we're all going through this but once that camera turns off we're now doing something that's entirely different from someone else like she has a fiance i've got two kids and a spouse a dog and a cat and it's like this delicate dance that we're all doing to try to get through it and make sense of make sense of it and 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 like as parents to help our children make sense of it so like yeah you need to be careful well how scared well i don't know about scared but be careful you know what i mean like and it isn't about in canada we do have a very small contingent that are that's that whole anti-vaxxer thing but it's really really small so like more the way the canadian psyche works is what's best for everyone is best for us you know versus what i'm seeing in the states is like what's good for me is what's good for me so um you know we don't hesitate to to sacrifice for everybody right like you had said i've jogged with this mask on you can wear it for five fucking minutes in the starbucks right like it's yeah there's this whole weird thing that we're all going through and i think that that's that's the crack that's starting to happen is there's this wish that it wasn't real so because there's a wish it wasn't real people are trying to fight everything and it's and and you're just like let's be reasonable let's just keep being reasonable for another six months while we get a vaccine going guys you know yeah exactly exactly my a friend i talked to a friend of mine and yesterday was probably the first day that i felt like a, a sigh of relief and i I'm, who knows i could be wrong but she was in japan 
And I go, she's like, Aaron, how are things on there? And she's like, is it like what I see on TV? I'm like, yeah, it is what you see on TV. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, she's like, are people really not wearing masks? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's real. Like people don't want to wear masks. She's like, I don't get it. You know, and I get it. You know, they have a different um, way of, you know, the politics is different over there and stuff like that. But it like, you know, and she's just like, she's like, we've, you know, we flattened our, our curves. Like it's flattened over here and kind of almost back to normalcy. But, but she's like, over here, people don't have a problem with wearing a mask, you know? And, yeah. Um, Japan. You know, yeah. I mean, it's very kind of, obedient. Yes, <laughs> very much, exactly. Very much about doing what's being told. And, <laughs> it's like you can leave, yeah. you can leave your bike out there with, with no lock on yeah, it. You and guys so, have a celebration called independence day. So yeah. like <laughs> the idea that you're going to do what someone else tells you to do is like, you know, it's, it's, it's bananas. We had a whole, but I mean like we have, you know, universal healthcare and that's what most civilized nations have. And I had a big yeah. thing on Facebook where I was like, I, the fact that you can allow another human being to go bankrupt or to choose to suffer in the States versus let them be healed or let them at least find a, you know, a, a reasonable way out. Like that, it, it doesn't compute for me. And I had friends come on going, look, look, I lived in the States for a couple of years and my insurance was like this much a month, you know, but I had really good care. I'm like, but the point is that other people didn't have any care at all. So like yeah. the, the, the concept that what's happening and what, what I'm I'm sorry, this is turning into this kind of conversation, but it's interesting from a, from the point of view of like a Canadian talking to an American is, you know, what I see is people saying it's my choice to not wear it. What, what does that have? What bearing does that have on this conversation at all? Sure. Yeah. It's your choice to not wear a mask, but it's the establishment's choice not to let you in. So like, it, the choice it, it seems to be only applicable when it's you making the choice. You know, like that's that's where the the confusion lies. I think everything else is like your whole country's bananas right now. Like I don't even know. Yeah, it feels make it feels definitely feels make believe, dude. Like I was laughing because I was I have friends of mine who are like um, Trump supporters. You know. Oh, how can how can that be? Oh God, it's crazy. And these are friends I grew up with, so they're not like friends up here. Um, right. But what's crazy is I was like, I was like, I want to, you know, I was like, I wonder if there's like people out there who are Trump supporters who like believe in wearing a mask. And I was like, but I don't know. I was like, I don't have any friends who are like that. And I get a call yesterday. My buddy <laughs> like lives in Texas. He's like, man, he's like, he's like, I'm a Trump supporter. And like, all my friends think I'm crazy because he works in the medical field. He's like, I, I'm telling him, wear your mask. And everybody says, no, like, I don't have to. It's not right. It's net. He's like, I'm telling you guys, it's not about like who you're voting for. It's yeah. about like our health and like our parents and everybody else. I was just thinking like that. I didn't think I had anybody in existence who would be in this situation. And you're that person. Right. And so, yeah, it's just so, you know, it's everything is, like I, like I said, it, luckily I had just some like awesome parents who just raised me um, just totally non-biased don't care who like you know our house is a safe haven and no matter what religion race color you are and i'm raising my kids the exact same just way. no pyramid schemes no pyramid schemes dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> the, only, the only rule dude yeah no pyramid get schemes. that man out of my house don't invite <laughs> <Yes>. him back <laughs> okay, don't, dad, yeah, don't, don't play my money dude <laughs> yeah so um but yeah like that that's uh it's you know, it's it's crazy, man. But like I said, luckily where I'm at here in SF, you know, um, and all SF doesn't like this, but at least on my block, it's very much apparent that 
everybody is just how you are, you know, understanding we yeah. help each other out and we want to shit, we want to, want everybody to be okay, you know? Yeah. Like, best we can. I mean, that's the thing. That's why even with, you know, the work that I do when I give away a lot of work, I've been doing that shit for like 10 years now. Um, and that's the same thing too. It's like, you know, I, I, I miss the fact of people having instant access for people who can't buy the work to mm. have access to it, you know? So being able to offer, you know, that, you know, even if it is once, you know, once a month, whatever I was doing it or every time I travel, but it's still, it's, it's making sure that everybody, the best you can you know, yeah. get to peace of it, or at least, you know, feels that they're cared for, thought of at least. Yeah. One of the things that I did want to ask about, and I, I think it, it's, it really, you just mentioned it was like in my neighborhood is like you posted a, a little while ago about um, like a hardware store that had been like family owned for a long, long time. And you're like, these people knew signs. Does anybody want to help them out doing signs? And it's all I could think was like, man, that's really nice. That's a really, you know, it's like, because the way SF is, it's all about gentrification. It's all about like clear cutting neighborhoods, getting rid of the people that live there and rich people getting the places. And you're, what you're doing is restoring the neighborhood and keeping people there. And I think that that's just like, it's, it's so refreshing to see. Um, do you find that that like in your neighborhood in particular, in which the, this, this hardware story is like, like, is that sort of the universal feeling? Um, well, luckily the neighbor that I'm in is, it's uh it's kind of it's called the excelsior um mission terrace excelsior is where, where i'm at it's right the little border but um it's considered like the last like on one of the last i guess probably like maybe two of them untapped uh neighborhoods in sf right like we don't have oh, there's okay. no there's no starbucks yet things like that or any there's no big chains uh in the neighborhood and so it's still like i just had a meeting today with um somebody in we're, we just found out that a lot of the businesses in the, in the area are ran by people who are either moderate to low income. Right. You know, and so these people are barely getting by having these businesses, you know, but they're still in business, you know? And so, um, I think a lot of people just, you know, I think we take a lot of pride in like, you know, mom and pop shops still, and, you know, having, you know, the accessibility to just walk down this block to get whatever it is that you need. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I think if it's, if it's not my own artwork, cause I know I understand my artwork doesn't work for everything. And also I, once again, I don't want my, just, I don't want to see my work everywhere, but I know that I do have this platform and this ability to, um, you know, work with other artists and, you know, um, and also to like, just, you know, help everybody out. And so, um, once again, it's just, throw it out there and see what happens. Is there anything that you're the most proud of accomplishing? I think the, the one thing that I'm the most proud of, my grandmother, I had a phone call with her and I was uh, in another country for art. I think it made her happy that, you know, that she got to see that happen. She got to see it happen for you? Yeah, yeah, Aww. exactly. Because I mean, she, she, pa she passed like a year later. That's probably one thing I think I'm the most proud of, at least for, my, for like myself. Yeah. Um, as far as like an accomplishment, um, I think one of the coolest projects that, I, that, I've, that I've had was um, I did a collaboration with a Diesel. It was Diesel. I mean, yeah, there's so many. There's so many. This one. This one was a good one because it was a commercial project. Hmm. It really was about. It was. It was rooted in family, and um, 
like I didn't know the, the whole entire story until I was in Italy with the family and we're eating and some of that. And I found out the, you know, and that was just like, you know, because that, that brand is so much about family, the diesel family. Right. right? And then um, we did a, it was diesel and we did a Birkenstock and the Birkenstock had to do, um, I kind of customized this Birkenstock and the Birkenstock had to do about this kind of, um, uh, it's a, like I said, I don't want to say a ritual, but like a, when one of their friends gets married, they kind of like paint the friends, like a, a, a the friend's house with like white paint, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of write like a, a fun message on it. Oh, okay. like a town. And so um, one time he had Birkenstocks on when he was doing it, white paint on the Birkenstocks. So it kind of like snowballed into this bigger project. And so that was probably one of the coolest, because pro- what that, what that let me know or see was that it's possible to have like this brand that is mm. so like globally, I guess you can call it like um, uh, recognized. Just reckon, yeah, right. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a. It's, it's it's such a big brand, but their core belief and they're still very very like humble, family oriented or oriented brand. And I was like, wow, okay, that that like lets me know like that no matter what I go for, just make sure that the the core of what I really care about stays there. Mm-hmm. And don't lose that, you know, because they haven't lost it either. Yeah. And, and it still works. It's possible, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's, it's still possible. possible. Yeah. And so that, that's, that, and that was probably, that's probably one of like the, that one, that was also the first project that I took on when my, when that was the first project I took on after having my twin boys. Okay. And so, yeah. And so, and so that I think kind of just like set, set the tone for like everything that I've kind of been doing. So. Well, that's, <laughs> That's an excellent answer. <laughs> uh, I hear I'm like, I, I figured you'd be like, I don't want to talk about that, man. Uh, um, yeah. That's, that's very cool. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that the life of an artist is a, it's a difficult choice, but when the opportunity is there and you have the vision to accept it, as opposed to like, cause there are artists who, I know lots of really talented people and they, 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 they don't know how to grasp at their talent. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a certain amount of like reluctance for risk. There's a, there's a risk aversion that a lot of people with talent have. And, and that's what separates someone who has dedicated a life to their art versus someone who is, I don't know, a project manager somewhere who's a really talented singer or, you know, uh, can, can draw, like they just don't know how to translate their art into something. I think that's one of the good things about like how you have moved from street art to street art. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, the, the, I guess I'll put this on the record though. So the, that's the, the, the one term I will never use is street art. Just, oh, I don't know if you know this. I, I didn't don't know like that. It. I don't, yeah, I don't use it ever. I don't, I don't oh, I make okay. sure I would make sure it never gets used. Um, we well, can talk about if you want to, but, um, before that, let me say something really quick. Sure. I, was thinking about, I was thinking about this today. Um, cause I was talking to a friend of mine who, who's not an artist and I was like, I go, <clears throat> I'm so thankful to have the ability to, um, have an occupation where I can be, I can say what I want to say. I can do whatever I want to do and act however I want to act. And luckily people, that like my work also support what it is that I'm doing. Right. 
he's like, oh man, yeah, it's so cool to have like, you know, to, uh, you, have, you have like the dream job, this and that. Um, I go, but on the flip side, to have this occupation, you have to be willing to, um, you know, deal with failure and fear on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, and um, overcome it and still persevere, you know, keep going, you know, because yeah. you always gonna have, you're always gonna have self-doubt. You're always going to um, be worried, you know, and, and then the more you stack onto it, as you get older, um, as responsibilities start to t- you know, pile and as kids and all that stuff, you have more on your shoulders that's kind yeah. of pressing you, but then you have to still be able to almost be, I want to say fearless, but still have that, that same desire was as a kid, you know, and that's yeah. things. And that's something too. The reason why I also too is I, I love, and I, I kind of circle back to this moment. I'm really like, even in my studio, I kind of have like this little time capsule of where I, I hang out at. And it's all these little artifacts of, um, I think of innocence before, like, I think before, like, you know, I, you really get tainted by like, um, other, just uh money or or or, um just you know having people doing like bad things in life and whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and so um for me i kind of always go back to like that era and that era for me was like tagging graffiti and that's 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 why i just i keep i remember my dad telling my dad's like aaron you're gonna get older but don't because i remember i told my dad because my dad's always been very comical and and I go, Dad, when, 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 when do you have to stop doing that? He's like, never. He's like, you can, right. always, you can always be a fool, you know, but just know when and when and when not to be one, you know? So, <laughs> and I, I kind of look, look at, um, you know, like what's called, like, I guess my artwork kind of the same way. It's just like, um, it's, or my son, or just the life that I'm living, you know, it, it is really awesome mm-hmm. for, for some people. <laughs> and, but, and sometimes it's not, but it's also, it's, it's a responsibility. And it's also, um, you know, I don't take it for granted at all. Shit. Yeah. That's good. That's a, you yeah. know, that's a, that's a great way to, to segue into the ending. <laughs> not taking, not taking your life for granted is a big deal, man. This is where I always say it's unsolicited, but this is 100% me soliciting advice. Um, what would you say to someone who's kind of coming up um, that's trying to find a style or that, that, you know, is looking for, you know, you must you must have some kind of life advice yeah. if you give someone that's just doing art and trying their shit. I think you have. I mean, I think you have to just be comfortable with being afraid. You know, because right. you, like you, I mean, and it's hard. It's it's hard to say that because it's being afraid is such an ugly feeling to constantly have. I think understanding that, and also and, and knowing what good stress is and bad stress is. Yeah. One, per, one person told me that. Like, there's because I remember when I was freaking out whenever I decided to do this thing full time. I was stressed out and, and it was my boss at the time. And she's like, well, what, what are you stressed out about? And I told her, it's like, well, Aaron, those are kind of like good things to be stressed out about, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, those are, you're stressed out about good opportunities. You're not stressed out about like bad things that are happening. And so um, I think understanding those things too, as well. But, you know, I don't know if, if somebody is like, Hey, like I'm thinking about becoming an artist. I mean, all I would tell them is like, like just, all you can do is just do it and do it and, and do it and do it and do it and not, and don't stop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do, and, and also give, and, and I, I gave up, I gave up already twice doing this. I gave up once like in, in high school and I gave up once um, after 
um, having my when I when I was about to have my kids, right? And so right. I tried to give up doing art, but I couldn't, you know, and, and it just, it was something that I had to do, you know, and then I heard Dave Chappelle recently say that too. Like somebody's like, well, when, like, how do you know you want to, like, how do you know if you want to become a full-time uh, comedian? And he's like, try it if you like it and stop doing it. And if you feel like you have to keep doing it, just keep, you know, keep at it, you know? So right. the thing is like, I think like for me, art just happens to be something that I'm, good at i'm not great at it i know mm-hmm. that i'm not i'm not a very technical painter i'm not like a you know but i think the fact that i have all these other things that i'm able to throw into the pot that allow me to um just keep pushing you know yeah. and, and so and that's what i think it is like you really have to tap into like all these other things that you think may not be art related like really like I didn't go for my master's at school, but I think that they I think maybe getting your master's really teaches you how to think, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I spent the last 10 years like thinking, yeah. you know, now, now I'm, I spent, no, I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry. I spent like, I spent like the first 10 years acting. The past 10 years have been more like acting and like thinking about what I'm doing now. It's like, okay, I'm trying to slow down a little bit, but I have this habit of just like acting sporadically. So um, right. really like really, if you have if you have the ability to do it to to like think about what it is you're doing and why you're doing it right if well, you that's, can yeah that's good <laughs> yeah if you can if not you know just go out and just like or just do like i said what i did i mean i just reacted and acted and acted and just did things without thinking mm-hmm. you know and that also worked for me too as well you know i remember in art school they said you know get business cards and put out flyers and promote yourself. And I did not, I still done, never did any of that, you know? And so it, and it, everything works out for somebody. Everything's uh, works out for every, you know, some people it's interesting. Like some people are just born hustlers. I, you know, I, I said this when I were at the cottage, we we're at the table having dinner and I, I was agreeing to go on this long drive with, with my wife's aunt to pick her kid up and, She's like, well, we'll stop at the Tim Hortons. We'll use their free Wi-Fi and I'll download some podcasts. And I said, like, it was being facetious, but I was like, you know, I have a podcast, right? Like, we could listen to some of my episodes. And the, everybody at the table was like, I've never heard your podcast. Never. I didn't know you had one. You don't talk about it. I'm like, well, it's been two years. Like, I mean, we we launched two years ago in August. And, and, and this one woman who was there, she's like, well, you never asked anybody to like it. You never, you never talk about it. You never broadcast it. And I'm like, but I'm not that guy. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a broadcaster. But I'll reach out to somebody, not you necessarily, but I reached out to somebody and I was like, would you be a guest in the podcast? He's like, man, I've been waiting for you to ask. And it's like, that's gratifying to me. Like, I don't give a shit if somebody tells me I, I didn't hustle enough to get their attention. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. person I want to listen, listens that's good enough for me, man. Like I, you know, when we started, it was me and this, this guy, Stefan and, and, and he's fantastic. He's one of, easily one of my best friends. He started getting into his masters and he stopped being part of the podcast and he's welcome to be on the podcast whenever he wants as a co-host and he gets equal building this entire time. But if, if he's not available, I'm still doing it. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not waiting for, someone else to make that decision for me. And I think that that's what, that's what over the long run is going to make this more satisfying to me is, is realizing that the drive is not on someone else. And that's what, 
I've really enjoyed about talking to you is realizing that you have the same sort of like the drive is not someone else telling you to have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it, you decide you're going to do it and you do it. And I think that's what's most interesting in, in, in watching your, your work and your progress. Um, which I think is probably my way of saying thank you for talking to me. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no, this is, this is actually really cool. I mean, it was like, uh, it's fun. And it, like I said, it was, uh, this is probably, I think you asked, just the last question you asked was probably one of, you know, a question I've heard before, but that, everything was all refreshing and new and it was all new stuff I've never talked about before. So it felt, what it advice felt really do you good. have? Like, okay, this is good. <laughs> well, I want you know, I mean, part of it is part, part of oh, the process. Street, street art. Yeah. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Intro voice is Jeff Wright. Opening and closing track is Watch Him They Said from the 2018 album Hypocritic Oath by Not Of. All inquiries can be directed to admin at cancellthispodcast.com. And that's the end of the episode. And now you can explain street art, why you don't like it. Um, so, the, so the reason why I've never been comfortable with the term street art was because, um, and actually it's, I, I, I said it really well on a, on a, a post I did a uh, long time on Instagram, but um, the reason why was because for me personally, um, as a kid, you know, when, when I talked about my father um, exposing me to, um, you know, Diego Rivera and, you know, um, these other, uh, I think it was Orozco, these different artists who were muralists, these Mexican muralists right. that actually that pioneered the Mexican muralist movement in the twenties, um, that had a voice that were, you know, obviously doing these gigantic murals at the time and being very, um, uh, just kind of having like that, you know, that fuck you attitude in heart, right. Um, towards the government, wherever, wherever it was. And so, um, that and then there was you know the act of just graffiti and bombing and all this stuff that kind of mixed in with that um going along you know charged along the way going to art school and you know becoming you know whatever trained in art whatever it was um and then all of a sudden this term comes up mm. right and the term um street art to me it just it just to me it felt just uh like a generic term that i think um right became coined, became easy to use. And devalued and the entire movement, right? It devalued the entire for myself as, mm-hmm. a, as, as a, you know, uh, artist of color um, that was doing this based off of a sense of pride for my own, like my own culture, but also sure. then from my own, my own culture, from like my, my family's perspective, like, you know, a, a Mexican culture, mm-hmm. but also then from my own culture of like graffiti and, um, and also, and then formal training, you know, there's a mixture of these things, right? Arts and crafts movement of the school I went to, and there's all, all this pride, you know, of things. And so for it to be all, put into this one word I just never liked it you know and, and, and like I said I have friends of mine who are totally fine with the with the term and I and I get it and I remember one time you know even there's some people who have even kind of offended possibly like but them saying like look I don't want my I don't want to be associated like you know in our categorized and with under the sure. term you know and, uh, for a magazine whatever it may be and so um and you know it's I get it and you know I probably might have pissed some people off or whatever it could be but it's it just didn't sit right 
it didn't sit right with me because there was, I think that there was just, there's so much more, you know, than um, that has to be said. And that's one reason too. And I said about being just a, even a visual artist, you know, it's like, I think that I'm okay with that term kind of for the, for the time being, but it, there's just, there's so much more that has to be done and that mm-hmm. is going to be done. So um, that could possibly change on the way. Who knows, you know? So, yeah, you know, but that's, that what it kind of came down to was that's what the, bottom the bottom line was i just i never liked that term street art because it was there was just i felt so much pride over something else like yeah being a, even being a muralist was to me more um credible than the term street art i don't even want to be called a muralist you know so right right yeah that's cool yeah and that so that'll go at the end after the bump <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fine man like and I, and I, this is all to me it's all education like i i i use it in a non-disparaging way, but I mean, I totally get it. Like I, I totally do. And I think that it's one of those, it's one of those things that it's good to know. I think it's yeah. helpful. I think it's helpful for me. Um, but yeah, Aaron, I think that's it. I think we're good. Awesome, dude.